All right, and welcome to another exciting episode of Sports Beers from an Agent's Perspective. All right, you're with your host, uh, Zila, aka Chester Mbekela. And um, yeah, episode 90, man. 10 episodes away from reaching, you know, the big 100. You know, exciting stuff, man. And to just think um, towards the end of 2021, you know, we were starting off with our first episode not knowing which direction this damn podcast would take um but it's it's been an amazing journey man it's been an amazing journey and we just keep going we just keep bringing sporting content um and as i said you know we talk all things sports uh, nothing's off limits pretty much um as much as the bulk of the content that we do put out is mainly um lately it's been mostly either professional football or soccer or it's been um, with the rugby space as well. Uh, but like I said, and as I made a promise, we will be doing our best to get more, you know, um, basketball, sporting content. Um, and looking to branch out into other sporting codes as well. Who knows? We might try to get some people in rugby league um, and so forth, you know, just to keep things interesting. Um, and obviously, that will be a great way to also get a wider audience, you know, onto the platform um, and hopefully I can start reaching out to guests in those sporting codes that I could get to just come have a chat with us. Um, so, yeah, you know, we keep doing what we're doing, you know, um, and just having fun while at it. All right. Um, so obviously today. <laughs> all right. Stay with me. Today's episode is actually going to focus on soccer because guess what? The J-League 2023 is making a comeback. Um, the season's about to begin. It actually starts this weekend. But on today's episode, we're actually going to do a recap of last weekend's Fujifilm Super Cup. All right, which was against, well, sorry, not against, which was between um, the J-1 League champions of last year, Yokohama F. Marinos, and they actually played against a J-2 team in Fenferet Kofu, all right? But stick around um, as we're going to basically just, you know, dissect and just talk more in depth about the game and the exciting things that lay ahead, you know, of the season that's about to begin this weekend. Can't wait, man. Exciting times. I'm sure all, you know, Japanese soccer fans, football fans are extremely excited that J-League's making a comeback. Um, yeah, it's been a restful period. Everyone's been in the off-season, pre-season period. Transfers happened back and forth. Not really much to write home about. Um, the winter transfer is never as, you know, anticipate, well anticipated and, you know, excitement building as much as the summer transfer period. So, but um, yeah, we'll delve it a little bit into that. Um, but yeah, make sure you stick around. All right. I'll see you guys after the break. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp is here to help. I know, you know, from my personal experience, man, when I was an athlete, when I was a player, you know, there'd be times I would go through, you know, feelings of like stress and anxiety, you know, stress to perform, you know, stress to play well, to make sure you play for that next contract. And, you know, I really wish that I had had, you know, certain like avenues to really vent and get out these frustrations and just have an objective party to talk to, all right? 
BetterHelp, man, it's a platform that offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you through, you know, your tough time or whatever you're going through. You're able to talk to your therapist in private, um, in an online environment at your convenience. So it's literally therapy um, wherever you may be, you know. Um, there's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapists network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then uh, you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Imagine that, under 48 hours. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions and then uh, plus you can exchange unlimited messages with your therapist um, and everything you share is 100% and completely confidential. Right? What I've found helpful, man, with using a platform um, like BetterHelp, again, you know, is just their response time. That if you're going through something, um, you're able to talk with your therapist and share it right there and then. You know, my therapist, uh, Mark, is so efficient, um, and I'm really um, happy that I'm working with him. All right, and then you can actually also request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime if the current, like the current um, therapist that you matched with doesn't work out for you. All right, so you don't need to stress and feel like you're trapped with one therapist. You can actually request to change. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to Sports Bears from an agent's perspective, podcast listeners. So you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash kzmbekela. Right? That's betterhelp.com slash kzmbekela. E-K-E-L-A, Bekela. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, and welcome back after the break. Um, And just before we really dive into today's topic, we just want to give a quick shout out to the brand sponsors and the brand affiliates that are currently working with us. Um, Shout out to Nike, you know, a brand that needs no introduction you know, thank you to you guys for taking a chance on us and for working with us, you know. Um, we look forward to many more years of building a fruitful relationship between our brands. And shout out to My Protein as well. Shout out to 365 Games. And obviously, shout out to BetterHelp, who've just had a commercial. All right. And um, yeah, man, for exceptional online shopping experiences with the brands that I've just talked about, I'll make sure to drop the link on the description of the podcast. I mean, let's look at a brand like Nike. That's a brand that needs no introduction. You know, anybody who's a sports fan who played sports, you will have owned a Nike product at some point in your life. You know, and to check out the 2023 latest and freshest um, sporting equipment, sports, you know, basically sports clothing and anything to do with sports, I'll make sure to link it on the description of the podcast and make sure you check them out same as with my protein you know if you're a person who's a gym rat like me likes working out 
um, MyProtein always has the best discounts and the best prices um, for their protein supplements and everything in between. All right, so you can check them out as well. And obviously, if you're a gamer, um, I'll make sure to link 365 Games and you can check out the latest games that you can purchase um, if you're into that type of stuff. All right, and then obviously, better help if you need online therapy. Um, they're always ready, you know, to help you guys out. All right. All right. With that being said, let's go into the episode. So today we're basically going to have a recap of the Fujifilm Super Cup 2023. All right. And um, this was actually a great way, a great introduction into the J League competition that is um, making a return this coming weekend. I mean, you got fixtures from J1 all the way to J3, you know, to the point where I had to turn away a few tickets because I was actually invited to both a J1 and a J2 game. But um, I decided to settle on attending a J1 game, which will be happening between Yokohama, F- sorry, not F minus, Yokohama FC versus Nagoya. Welcome back to Yokohama FC um, after they spent the whole of last season playing in the J2. They are now back in the J1 and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they've got in store for um, their J1 competitors. Um, I think they were very unlucky in the 2021 season, you know, for the way things ended for them and for them to end up being relegated into J2. But when they got to J2, they just, you know, Man, they just went to work, you know. They went to work and they fought and clawed their way back into the J1 competition. And I'm pretty sure they're going to make sure that they stay this time around. I'm, I, don't, I don't think any team wants to do a back and forth. Because, you know, getting relegated, it's actually a very expensive process. It's a major expense on the team. Um, not to mention... Um, you know, sponsorship deals and a lot of commercial deals that the team loses because now you're no longer playing in the top division. And as fickle as the, you know, sports and entertainment world is, um, you're most likely to lose your sponsors when um, you get relegated. So it's an expensive, it's a very expensive loss to incur. So shout out to Yokohama FC for just keeping their heads down and grinding it out to get back to top flight professional soccer within Japan. All right. And then, um, like I said, the Fujifilm Cup, you know, (laughs) in explaining it, it's a very weird tournament. Um, Okay, I understood why they selected the winners of last year's J1 competition, which is Yokohama F Marinos, to compete. But I don't understand how Fenforet Kofu was selected um, to take part in this tournament because they didn't win the J2 League you know, I would have expected for a J2 winner or runner-up of last year to play in this tournament. But yeah, Fonferret Kofu was selected to play. So like I said, I'm not sure if it's a random selection or there's, you know, some calculation behind it as to how a team is afforded the opportunity to play against last year's winners. But alas, you know... Nonetheless, that's how it was. So Fenforet Kofu went up against Yokohama F. Marinos um, at National Stadium in Tokyo. Right. You know, the numbers, the attendance numbers were very exciting, um, very exceptional. 
and they were very encouraging to to see just how many people now are you know starting to really get over the whole COVID situation and they're actually coming out to the stadiums I think the standard the the stadium attendance for this match was 53,129 spectators at the Tokyo National Stadium um, which was basically used during the Olympics I think it's the latest stadium that was built which was built for the 2020 Olympics all right, um, and obviously, man, when you're looking at it from a mismatch perspective, I think for any football fan who knows anything about soccer in Japan, um, Yokohama F. Marinos definitely went into this game as, um, as the favorites, as the obvious favorites, you know, because, yeah, man, according to my knowledge, I think... Yeah, Fenforet Kofu last year, they finished around like maybe in the top 10. They finished in the top 10 in the J2, but they were far from like the top 5. I think they finished like 7th or 8th or 9th, you know. So, yeah, they were definitely not going into this game as the clear favorites. But then again, um, it's always great to, to watch a team that plays in the second division go up against the first division you know, champions, because they didn't stand back. You know, this wasn't a one-sided affair. It actually turned out to be quite a decent football game. All right. And we're actually going to talk about just recapping some of the action that went on. Um, and obviously, we're going to start off with the winners. The game ended, spoiler alert, the game ended in a 2-1 victory for, <clears throat> excuse me, Yokohama F. Marinos. So they beat Fenforet 2-1. And we're just going to break down, you know, um, just not necessarily their stats, but our thoughts in what we saw in watching that game. All right. I didn't actually attend that game at the stadium because when I tried to get tickets for it, man, they were sold out. <laughs> you know, there were zero tickets left for that game. So it lets you know that um, the Japanese faithful, man, they, 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 they were really keen on getting you know, the soccer season underway. And to actually think of it, I mean, the season usually ends around late November, you know, and starts up again in Feb. But it went by so quickly, man. This off-season and pre-season period went by so quickly. And, you know, it was like a blink once and boom, the teams are back again. But anyway, let's talk about Yokohama F. Marinos still um, first. So, you know, this is a team that is still flying high on confidence from last season. You know, they, they really put together a couple of decent performances. They really got the missing pieces that they needed. And especially in the summer um, transfer period. Before the summer transfer period, they were sort of like going back and forth with uh, Kashima Antlers. And then Kawasaki Frontal was also creeping up behind to threaten, you know, um, their chances of winning the league. But after the summer transfer period, man, um, they really assembled the right pieces to just knock it out the park and basically, you know, close it, you know, close the season and clinch the season in winning it. So they were still flying high on that confidence. And you could see just by their, you know, their presence on the field and the confidence of the players in how they handled the ball, um, handling the ball and marking, you know, dispossessing the opposition and winning the ball back. You know, they were just, they were very sure of themselves with that regard. Even their passing game, um, everyone is looking good. All the players are looking fit, looking healthy. So, 
I'm definitely expecting um, an amazing season from them. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to want to surprise everyone and actually make a repeat of it. Even though I'm pretty sure <laughs> Kawasaki Frontala licking their chops, just waiting in the cut, you know, waiting for the season to begin so that they can reclaim their place, you know, um, as number one. And then, you know, Kashima Antlers aren't going to back down as well. They're also going to come for it. But in any case, <clears throat> so let's have a look. Um, so our second point that I wrote down, you know, with regards to this game was the fact that, you know, this was a team that, w- that looked, again, exceptional. And they, they seemed like a team that were attacking with intent. You know, they game plan. I think they've got like a Spanish coach. I think their coach is either from Spain or Brazil. But the type of game plan that they play is a type of game plan that is just focused on attack. You know, it's focused on attack. Um, They've got very nippy and fast players. I know that the striker that they got was a guy who played for Hokkaido Considor, Brazilian striker. And then he went to China. And then ended up coming back. But I don't think Consador were willing to give him um, the desired contract. So he ended up signing with F. Marinos. And he has been exceptional. You know, he's been exceptional. Um, so, obviously, with um, F. Marinos applying such pressure on, you know, Fenfo Red Kofu. They were the team that were able to score first. You know, they were able to really state their authority earlier on in the game by scoring an amazing goal. Not to say that Fenforet didn't have a few touches, a few decent touches um, in the beginning of the game to just basically let F. Marinos know that this is not going to be a walk in the park for you. This is not going to be an easy game. Um, But yeah, F. Marinos, man, they just have a knack of really applying pressure especially you know they're attacking midfielders and their wingers by the time they're done ripping you apart out wide man when they when they get the ball into the middle to allow the strikers to strike you know the defense their opponent's defense is pretty much looking fragile and vulnerable and that's where they capitalize you know in order to score so they were able to score first and um they didn't relax after that. I think they really wanted... I think they wanted to to beat Fen for it by a large margin, you know. But obviously, um, they'd come... You know, they'd come up against a team that really wasn't going to go down, you know, go down without a fight. Um, but still, they still managed to piece together a few decent plays and... Um, you know, show a display entertaining football for the fans. You know, so the attack was pretty good. Um, another point that I actually found with uh, F. Marinos is that they they just seem like such a well composed team. You know, they're extremely well composed at the front and at the back as well. Because as I'm saying, fan for it. You know, they did have a couple of corner kicks where. They looked dangerous, but the defense just absorbed the pressure that they were trying to basically um, impose. And they would just work well together and clear and make sure that they get the ball to those attacking midfielders and those wingers. And they just did their thing, (laughs) you know. Um, 
And even at the point where Fanforet were able to equalize, you know, F. Marinos, they didn't panic. They honestly didn't panic. All they did was they just lifted the intensity even more. You know, they applied more pressure and just wanted to up the tempo of the game to see whether Fenforet Kofu was able to keep up or not. And I think, to be honest with you, that's, that, that's what it actually comes down to when you're looking at a game between um, a first division team and a second division team. Is that at any given point of the game, a first division team will always flex on a second division team in terms of upping the tempo. Because by them upping the tempo, they're taking it up another level. They're testing that second division team that can you make that, especially mentally, can you make that mental step up? Because, I mean, if you're going to talk in terms of physically and stuff like that, I don't think there's much of a difference in the fitness level of a, um, a player playing in the J1 competition and a player playing in the J2 competition. I honestly think when it comes to like fitness and conditioning, they, they could go toe-to-toe, you know? It would be somewhat close to being equal. What is the difference is the mental step up. And when you make that mental step up, basically that kind of influences how the body moves and that's how they're able to take it a notch up and up the tempo of the game. You know, it's a weird thing, man. The mind and the body, like the the relationship between the mind and the body, um, in the world of professional sports is one of the things that I think a lot of sports scientists study their whole lives to just, you know, correlate the relationship that, okay, when the mind makes that mental step up, the body just follows. The body does what the mind tells it to. All right. I hope I'm not losing you guys. (laughs) You know, full disclaimer, I am not a qualified sports scientist. Um, I'm just basically talking about stuff that I've experienced as well, you know. When I played at a pro level, man, the mental step up I had to make was immense. And it was always weird when I was watching myself, you know, when analyzing video that, wow, my body was really doing that, you know. So taking it up a notch, you know, taking it a level up does require a mental step up. And that's pretty much what um, F Marinos were able to do, especially after Fenforet equalized, is, you know, it could have gone both ways. The team could have either panicked and, you know, be victims of a potential upset by this J2 team, or they could show that they're used to absorbing such pressure by taking it up a notch. And I think when they did that, it kind of backed fend for it into a little bit of a corner and then the moment like the momentum of the game also ended up shifting as well all right again i hope i'm not losing you guys um for those yeah who don't know the science of sportsmen it's um yeah that's pretty much what it is you know it's you know the professional game or the you know sport in general always has the propensity and the potential for momentum shifts you know, and everything depends on which, like on which team decides to up the tempo and shift the momentum. You know, it's, yeah, it, it's a weird dance. But anyway, like I said, F. Marinos were able to do this and then it really, 
it really yeah um put a lot of pressure on on fan for it all right so now we're gonna look over to the fan for it side you know and just basically talk about the points that i noticed while watching the game about them so basically as i said in the beginning fan for it went into this game as underdogs you know um and sometimes that can actually be a good thing because the crowd wasn't expecting much from them anyway so <clears throat> excuse me they go into the game without any pressure you know but as much as they go into it without any pressure they still have that if you like fuck you mentality we're going to show you guys that we're not the losers that you're actually making us out to be they definitely definitely did not back down um they're actually also looking good as a unit you know they're looking good as a unit they did their best to try and insert pressure onto f minus as well like i said in the earlier corner kicks um there was actually a rebound where fan for red kicked the corner and the f minus player tried to header it away but he actually headed it you know onto the um fan for red player and he just fired away man unlucky but the goalkeeper was able to save it you know um but you know with with the fight that they were putting up it was inevitable that they wouldn't score um i mean sorry it was inevitable that they would score and which they ended up doing you know they equalized uh, well into the second half and the you know the score was one all score was no sorry it was actually in the first half it was still during the first half excuse me they equalized right before half time all right so going into half time the game was deadlocked at one all you know everybody became quiet at the stadium <laughs> you know because it was like oh shit going into the second half could this be a potential upset you know and i'm pretty sure that fan for it were fired up i remember speaking to um the sporting director during the week man and he was just going on about how excited the players are um about this game you know underdogs are always excited to accept the challenge in um in going up against you know the obvious favorites because they know that if they pull off an upset then fuck it's something that would be talked about for weeks months or even years you know um and obviously you know in terms of their recruitment they actually recruited mostly locally in terms of players um for the for the um for the winter transfer period and they were actually fortunate to acquire uh Pita Utaka the former Kyoto Sanga striker and they were fortunate to get him on a free transfer so Pita Sanga's contract was up I'm sorry Pita Sanga Pita Utaka's contract was up with Kyoto Sanga and so Fenfore Kofu were fortunate to sign him I'm um, on a free transfer. I mean, this is a guy they know. This is a guy who's actually played for um Fen for it before. So, I mean, they knew what they were getting when they were getting him. And I mean, this is this is a man who's 39 years old this year, but he's still playing at a fairly high level. In fact, he's still playing at a very high level. He was one of the top goal scorers in last season for Kyoto Sanga and for the most part of the J1 League competition. And um Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see what he's going to do playing in the J2 because it's a level down for him. And I mean last year he was playing at 38 years old. He was one of the top goal scorers in the league in the J1 competition. You know. 
Um, so yeah, the old boy's still going good. And um, I really think he'll be a pivotal, pivotal um, key player, talisman for the Fend for It Kofu. You know, I think he'll combine well with the Brazilian guy that they also have um, up front. So well done to Fend for It Kofu for snatching him up as a free agent to come and play for them. Because Fend for It are a team that's always looked potent. It's just that I think they've always had a few missing pieces. And the way the football they displayed last week against um, Yokohama F. Marinos, I really think that they could do well in the J2 in 2023. You know? All right. Um, and like I'm saying, they, they tried to match up the intensity that F. Marinos was putting out. But um, I think as the game stretched out, you know, after the 60th minute, 70th minute, I think they started to... to you know, to sort of like dip. They went on sort of like a lull or sort of a dip. And that's where F. Marinos capitalized and were able to score their second goal to make it 2-1, you know. Um, but then again, even when this happened, as much as Fenforet had gone on a bit of a dip, you know, during the game, they were, they were still, you know, having a few decent touches and they became very unlucky towards the end of the game when their Brazilian um, Brazilian striker fired away, man, and um, they had a goal disallowed for offside, unfortunately. Um, if that goal had gone in and counted, I think it would have taken the game to probably overtime and possibly penalties. And I think that's what Fen Forret were trying to fight for. They were like, if we can get these guys, you know, into penalties, then it's anybody's game when he gets to penalties. You know, it, it would have been a definite momentum shifter. That goal would have been a momentum shifter. And I think they would have fought hard to make sure that they keep the overtime score deadlocked at 2 all, so that they go into penalties and force a potential upset. <laughs> but like I said, a team like F Marinos, that's used to winning. That's used to shifting the momentum because of upping the tempo. Um, yeah, they, they weren't willing to go for that. They wanted um, to close it off on a win. I'm pretty sure they also didn't want to go into penalties. Because honestly, man, penalties, that's Vegas, man. That's a gamble. Anybody, any team, any professional soccer team can beat any other professional soccer team in penalties on any given day. I mean, you could take a team that's playing in the J3 and they could potentially upset F. Marinos in the penalties. You know, so unlucky to fend for it, man. It was still a beautiful game of football. Um, like I said, players from both teams are looking fit, looking healthy. Um, everyone was attacking with intent. You know, no players seemed sluggish or unfit or injury or looked like they were carrying some sort of injury. So that's another good thing about, you know, the off-season and pre-season is that it really does give the players a lot of time to recover, um, especially from, you know, season-long nagging or niggling injuries. So... Just to see everyone playing at a high level, at a high intensity level, um, you can't help but be excited for what's to come in the J League competition for this year. All right, man. So that that is pretty much um, the um, the recap that I wanted to put out, and um, yeah, just just to give a shout out to everyone who's been supporting the podcast, man. You know, ninety episodes. 
I'm really not taking this lightly, you know. Um, I'm really not taking it lightly. And I'm excited, you know, to get to 100. And, you know, as a proprietor and the person who created this, uh, this podcast, I can't help but just always go back and just think about, you know, all the guests I've had, all the discussions. Um, and I can't help but be excited for, for the more sporting content that's still to come, you know. We love sports, man. It's... Um, it's one of the things that brings people together. It's one of the things that evokes a lot of emotions in people. And to just have the privilege of talking about it and just sharing my thoughts and views. Remember, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a commentator. I'm not a sports analyst, <laughs> all right? I'm a sports agent. Everything I talk about um, has to do with my thoughts and how I view the business of professional sports, which I'm currently in, all right? And... Um, yeah, so, so that's pretty much it. And uh, just before I go, again, you can keep supporting the podcast, man. You can purchase the podcast uh, merchandise, which um, I will make sure to drop the link of our merch store on the description of the podcast. So yeah, you can support us in that way. And also, if you want to become a Patreon member to gain access to our exclusive agent content, um, I'll be sure to drop the link on the description Become a member, man, especially if you're a person who's interested in getting into the business um, of becoming a sports agent. Like all the content that we're going to be having on there is literally to do with, you know, from how to get into the business and just how to navigate um, the business. Because remember, there are no mentors in this industry, you know, there's nobody to hold your hand and say, do this, do that. So that's why I'm creating this content is to basically share how I got started and how I learned from certain individuals. And um, yeah, so that's pretty much the exclusive content. And basically how to grow your brand as an agent, you know, to enable yourself to attract clients, you know, what platforms to use and so forth. All right. All the exclusive agent content is on there. Make sure you become a Patreon member, purchase a membership, and um, you won't be disappointed. That much, I'll tell you. All right. Um, anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. Um, it's still... We're coming to the, towards the end of winter, but, man, it's still so cold out here in Japan. Um, like I said, I moved closer to the mountains. I live by the mountains, and, yeah, <laughs> it's way colder than being closer to the ocean. But uh, it is what it is. Um, thank you so much for tuning in for listening, for rocking with me. And um, here's to more sporting content to come. All right, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Cheers. And remember our sporting slogan, man, for this podcast. We don't only talk sports, we lived it. We effing lived it. We fucking lived it. Are you a semi-pro or amateur football player, coach, or trainer? If your answer is yes to all those questions, then do make sure that you become a member on our MAG Sports Agency Athlete Network platform. All right? 
This is basically a social network platform that aims to connect players, coaches with um, football teams, all right, semi-pro and amateur football teams. Just by simply signing up, which is 100% free, players and coaches are able to upload videos and their resumes to enable teams to scout them. So what happens is after a player and a coach has uploaded their resume and their um, video footage, then the team that has signed up is able to view their profile. All right. Teams, players and coaches are able to follow each other and wait for it. You're able to interact on the platform as well. So it pretty much functions the same as any other um, social network platform. So take advantage of this opportunity. And in 2023, I challenge you, if you're an athlete um, slash football player, if you're a coach, if you're a trainer, I challenge you to sign up and take responsibility for your own career. This is why we created the platform. This is why we created this athlete social network is to basically empower athletes to be able to take responsibility for their own careers to empower coaches as well to take responsibilities for their careers all right so to basically create an opportunity where you're able to find a job where you're able to negotiate your own contract with a team the platform also enables teams to advertise vacancies that they have on their rosters and the best part about this whole experience is that no agent or intermediary is needed to basically be the bridge between three parties. So I say again, I challenge you that in 2023 and beyond, you take advantage of this opportunity that we have created by building this platform and sign up so you can be scouted, so you can negotiate your own contract, so you can take your career into your hands so that when all is said and done you can look back and you can say you did it your way all right i look forward to having you as a member we've got a lot of things that we will be offering to the memberships um, that are signed up all right good luck on your football journey on your coaching journey and we hope to see you soon bye Right in this segment of our podcast, we actually want to talk about and promote our client and partner, Getafe Madrid International Football Academy. Right, this is an academy, football academy, soccer academy that is based in Madrid, Spain. Getafe recruits players between the ages of 15 and 17 years old. Players are able to learn from quality coaches from around the world, UEFA accredited and licensed coaches. Players are also afforded the opportunity to receive a quality education with the academy's partner school, Akinas American School. Right, so if players enroll with the academy 
and study up until they finish their diploma, they are able to obtain a diploma which is USA accredited. And when they obtain this, they are able to enroll and study at any university in the world. All right. So this is an amazing, amazing soccer opportunity for any young player who has ambitions of developing in a foreign market. Passports are open to every single individual in the world. All right. A disclaimer about this uh, promotion is that I, as a football agent that is registered in Japan, I do not represent players under the age of 18. My relationship and partnership is with the academy. All right. So with that being said, I will only liaise with parents or legal guardians of young players. So for anyone listening to this and wanting to find out more information, you can find out by going to our website, which is www.magsportsagency.net. That is www.m-a-g-sportsagency.net. Right. Over there, all the information is displayed in terms of tuition and the application process. Obviously, before players are accepted into the academy, um, there are certain requirements that players need to meet in order to be accepted into the academy. So only being talented as being a player, that is simply not enough. This is an academy that places and emphasis you know um, in education as well this is an academy that understands the importance of education as well so what they strive to do is equip young football players with the skills they need to excel at a high level as professional soccer players but also to have the education that is needed for life after a professional soccer career all right so this is an amazing opportunity and um, I would recommend it. I definitely recommend it. Madrid is an amazing city. Spain, the Spanish winters are the best winters because they don't get as cold as the rest of Europe. And this is an amazing opportunity for a young child to develop and mature as an athlete and an individual. Right. They will gain the exposure and they will be able to basically be based in one of the cities that is considered as one of the capital soccer cities of the world. You know, in the city, they've got one of the biggest football soccer brands in the world in Real Madrid. So if that doesn't inspire a young player, I don't know what will. All right. So make sure you check out the website for more information. And I look forward to hearing from parents and legal guardians who would like to take their child's um, football career and educational um, career to the next level. All right. Take care. I'm looking forward to hearing from you.